Welcome to the Auburn City Council podcast. This is a recording of a regular Auburn City Council meeting. The council meets on the first and third Tuesday of each month. Meetings begin at 7 p.m. in council chambers at 141 North Ross Street, and they are live streamed on YouTube and Facebook. Go ahead and call to order tonight's Committee of the Whole for the Auburn City Council meeting for May the 3rd, 2022. The council should have the minutes from the April 19th Committee of the Whole with any additions or corrections for those minutes. If not, is there a move to approve? Moved. Motion is second. All in favor, please say aye. Aye. Any opposed? And the minutes carry forward. Mayor, can you pull your microphone down? Nobody can hear you. There we go. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. I'm not used to this new time. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Thank you. Feels All right. <laughs> Citizen survey presentation. I'll turn this over to you, City Manager. All right. This evening, well, two years ago, you had a presentation about the citizen survey that was just videoed. We were in the thick of COVID, and this time uh, we have Jason Morado, who's joining us from ETC Institute. He's joining us via Zoom. This is a 15 to 20 minute presentation, um, and I didn't want him to have to travel here from Kansas City for such a a short presentation. So he's going to go over everything. You'll be able to interact with him. He can't see you, but he can hear you. Um, and so you'll be able to ask questions and interact as if he's in the room. Uh, just, a, just a quick note, the, the survey, as I mentioned late last week, was nearing ready to go. We didn't have it quite finished for today. I anticipate it being ready tomorrow to distribute. Um, I'll offer you both print versions and links to the website and for the general public. This presentation is being recorded now, and anybody can watch it, but we'll also edit it and put it on the citizen survey site just for this piece. So all that will be released. It is likely tomorrow if it is not Recording tomorrow. in progress. Well, there we go, recording in progress. <laughs> Greg is making sure. And we will, uh, we will be able to uh, get this out uh, very publicly this week. Perfect. So Jason, if you are ready. Okay, yep, I'm ready. Um, my name is Jason Morano. I'm with the ETC Institute. And today I'm going to go through the results from the 2022 community survey that we just finished conducting for the city of Auburn. Um, we most recently conducted your survey in 2020, right before the pandemic in February of that year. And we first conducted your survey way back in 2006. Um, so we've been doing this survey for many, many years now. Um, so today I'm going to go through the most recent uh, results of the survey. Just a little background about ETC Institute. We're based in Olathe, Kansas, which is in the Kansas City area, but we're a national leader in providing market research for local governments. We've been doing this type of work for 40 years. And in the last 10 years alone, we've conducted surveys in more than 900 communities all across the country. So this is really the type of work that we specialize in. This is just a quick rundown of what I'll go through today. I'll go over the purpose and methodology of the survey. What I call the bottom line up front are our main conclusions to the survey. And then I'll go through the major survey findings to show how we came to the conclusions. And I'll be happy to answer any questions as well. So there are several reasons to conduct a survey like this. One is to get an objective assessment of how satisfied Auburn residents are with major city services and also to determine what residents feel are the top priorities for the community. We're also able to measure trends from the previous surveys. Uh, most of these questions are the same one we, ones that we asked last time in 2020. And some of these questions we've been asking every year going all the way back to 2006. And then we're also able to compare your results with other communities across the country. 
So this survey was administered by a combination of mail and online to randomly selected residents throughout the city. And that's our standard methodology for these surveys is that mail online combination. Our goal was to receive at least 600 completed surveys. We had a very good response. We ended up with 685. And the results of those 685 surveys at 95% level of confidence has a margin of error, plus or minus 3.7%. So essentially that means that if we conducted the survey the same way 100 times, 95 times the results would be plus or minus 3.7% from what we're reporting. So the results aren't perfect, but the margin of error is very small. Here we have a map of the city. The red dots are households that completed the survey. So we had a very good distribution throughout the city. And as we were administering the survey, we were monitoring the demographics of survey respondents uh, to make sure that the demographics of survey respondents reflect the actual population of the city. So we made sure we had a good representation from key demographic areas, uh, such as age, race, ethnicity, and gender. So here are our main conclusions from the survey. We found that residents have a very positive perception of the city of Auburn. 95% uh, of respondents feel Auburn is an excellent or a good place to live, and 94% feel Auburn is an excellent or a good place to raise children. And these numbers have consistently been some of the highest anywhere in the country um, every time we've conducted your survey. We also found that overall satisfaction ratings are similar to this year to what they were back in 2020. And that's a really good sign because the last survey was administered right before the pandemic. Most cities that we've surveyed recently have had a decrease in satisfaction compared now compared to where they were two or three years ago. Um, and the results were really excellent in 2020. Um, so that's a great sign that the satisfaction ratings overall are similar to what they were a couple of years ago. We also found that satisfaction with city services is much higher in Auburn than other cities. You're rated significantly above the U.S. average in 69 out of the 72 areas that we compared. We'll look at some of these in more detail in a little bit, but there are a couple of areas I especially wanted to stand out. I uh, want to mention that stand out. One is that the overall quality of city services is 36% above the U.S. average, and that's one of the most important questions on the survey because they were asking your residents to take into account all of the services that you're providing. Typically, if your ratings are much higher than other cities for the overall quality of city services, it means the ratings are very high on the more specific services as well. So that's really kind of an indicator of how well you're doing overall. Then another area that really stood out was the overall quality of customer service. There you also rated 36% above the U.S. average. Any top overall priorities were traffic flow and maintenance of city infrastructure. And those have been your top two priorities for a number of years. So first we'll look at some general perceptions that residents have in the city. Here we ask residents to rate their perceptions of the city in a number of different ways. The dark blue are residents who are very satisfied. The light blue is satisfied. The gold is neutral. And we interpret neutral as meeting expectations. So rating of a three on a five point scale. And then the pink are those who are dissatisfied or very dissatisfied. So obviously the positive ratings far away the negative. Um, most residents are satisfied with the overall quality of life in the city, with the image of the city. The thing that stands out to me the most here is that 87% of respondents are satisfied with the overall quality of city services. 
and that's compared to only 2% who are dissatisfied. And again, that's really an indicator of how well you're doing overall. We also asked about the quality of life in Auburn. Um, most residents feel Auburn is an excellent or a good place to live and to raise children. Most also feel Auburn is a great place to work, to do business, and feel like Auburn is a diverse and inclusive community. <clears throat> this was the very first question on the survey. Here we're asking residents to rate major categories of city services. And then uh, later on in the survey, we ask about some more specific areas within some of these categories. So here we're asking residents really to rate these areas at the big picture departmental level. So once again, the positive ratings far away the negative, a lot more blue than there is pink. One of the things that really stood out to me here is how few residents are dissatisfied with any of these services. Other than traffic flow, for everything else, 12% or less are dissatisfied. And there's a lot of areas where less than 5% of residents are dissatisfied. Even for traffic flow, which is the lowest rated area, you have a lot more positive ratings than you do negative. And for a fast growing city, it's typical for the satisfaction ratings for traffic flow to be lower than some of the other categories that we surveyed. So we also found that satisfaction with the overall quality of city services is high in all parts of the city. So here we again have a map of the city. And what we did here is we broke the results out by census block. So these are very small areas. And what this does is it tells us of residents in different parts of the city, services differently or of different perceptions of the city. This map is for the overall quality of city services and you can see the entire map is blue. In fact, some of the areas are dark blue which is the highest possible rating. So this tells us that residents in all parts of the city are satisfied with the overall quality of city services. Sometimes what happens is that even if the ratings are very positive overall, once you break it into these smaller geographic areas, you see some areas where residents aren't as satisfied or don't feel like they're getting as good of service services as people in other parts of the city. Um, but here you can see that you and a great job providing services equally in all parts of the city. This map is for how residents feel about Auburn as a place to live. Not only is the entire map blue, but most of it is dark blue, which is the highest possible rating. So residents throughout the city um, feel that Auburn is a great place to live. And then the same thing for Auburn as a place to raise children. Um, throughout the city, residents feel that Auburn is a great place to raise children. So we also compare your results to other communities. As I mentioned earlier, you rate significantly higher than the US average, 69 out of the 72 areas that we compared. For these next few charts, the dark blue line are Auburn residents who are either very satisfied or satisfied the gold bar of the satisfaction ratings for residents from all across the U.S. Um, so this first charge for perceptions of the city, and you can see your ratings are much higher than other cities. Um, it's a place for the overall image, uh, the overall value received for tax dollars, and the overall appearance of the city. One of the areas that really stands out is that 87% of residents are satisfied with the overall quality of your city services, and the national average is only 51%. Another one that really stands out is that 76% of respondents are satisfied with the overall value received for tax dollars. That's more than double the national average of 34%. So not only do most residents feel like you're doing a great job providing services, but they feel like they're getting excellent value for those services as well. 
here we ask residents to rate their perceptions of the city um, <clears throat> as a place to live, as a place to raise children, as a place to work, and as a diverse and inclusive community. And you can see in all categories, your ratings are significantly better than other cities. This was that first question on the survey about major category of city services. In nine out of the 10 areas, your ratings are significantly higher than the national average. 15% um, or more above the national average in all nine of those areas. In some cases, it's even much more than that. Um, so this includes public safety, garbage recycling and yard waste, schools, library, uh, parks and recreation. Customer service is one of the areas that really stands out. Uh, you're 36% above the national average in customer service. That's one of the areas where you rate the farthest above the national average. Um, communication is another area that really stands out. And then for infrastructure and codes, the ratings aren't quite as high in those areas as some of the other uh, areas that we surveyed. But you can see both categories are still far above the national average. Uh, traffic flow is the only one that's not significantly above other cities. Uh, but even that's really pretty much on par with the national average. Here are comparisons for city leadership. And you can see your ratings are more than 20% above the national average when it comes to uh, the quality of um, leadership from elected officials and the effectiveness of the city manager. Um, nationally, the satisfaction rating for both of those is under 40%. And then for public safety, you rate above the national average in all 11 areas. In fact, you're more than 10% above the national average in all 11 areas. And you can see this includes a wide variety of different types of public safety services. The one that stands out to most to me here is the second row down. 92% um, of respondents are satisfied with the overall quality of police protection. The national average is only 55%. And then here you can see that residents feel safe in Auburn. Um, nearly all residents feel safe in their neighborhood during the day as well as at night. <clears throat> Overall, 92% of residents feel safe in Auburn. Uh, the national average is below 70%. And residents also feel safe downtown, in commercial and retail areas, and in parks. For parks and recreation, you rate above the national average in all 11 areas. In nine of those areas, you're more than 10% above the U.S. average. Some of the categories that really stand out here are special events and then youth athletic programs. And then for maintenance, you're above the national average in all seven areas, but six areas, you're more than 10% above the U.S. average. And this includes a variety of services as well, such as city facilities, uh, overall cleanliness of streets, uh, sidewalks, and then street lighting. And then for communication, in all three areas, you're 15% or more above the U.S. average. So this includes your website, social media, and then just the general availability of information about city programs and services. So we also compare your results to the previous survey in 2020. Uh, compared to 2020, the satisfaction ratings have increased in 61 of the 124 areas stayed the same in 21, decreased in 42. And again, these numbers are really, really good because most cities we've surveyed recently have had a lot more decreases and increases when we compare their results to before the pandemic started. The areas with the biggest increases in satisfaction include the availability of downtown parking, 
Uh, I know there's been a lot of investment in that area since the last survey, and it's definitely paid off. There's a 14% increase in satisfaction uh, compared to just two years ago, which is a huge increase. Um, in 2020, only 20% of residents were satisfied with downtown parking. Now it's up to 34%. Um, the other biggest satisfaction increases include drinking water, overall appearance of downtown, playgrounds, uh, maintenance of city facilities, cemeteries, animal control, uh, new industrial development, and then transparency of city government. Here are the areas with the biggest decreases in satisfaction compared to 2020. Most of this is related to programming, uh, which is a trend that we've seen all over the country, so not a big surprise. Um, a lot of programs have had limited hours or been not available at all because of COVID. Um, so really no red flags or anything too alarming here. And then here are comparisons for uh, the most recent survey, uh, one we just completed, which is the blue bar. The gold bar are satisfaction ratings for 2020. And then the gray bar are the satisfaction ratings for way back in 2006, which is the first year we conducted your survey. This is for major categories of city services. And you can see the satisfaction ratings are pretty similar now to what they were last time. Um, really no significant changes, which is again, is a great sign um, considering that most cities have seen decreases over the past couple of years. So now we'll look at top priorities. On the first question on the survey, we asked residents how satisfied they are with major categories of city services. As a follow-up question, we ask which of these services should receive the most emphasis over the next two years? And you can see the top two priorities are traffic flow and maintenance of city infrastructure. And again, those have been your top two priorities for a number of years. This is something we call the important satisfaction rating. And this analysis is based on two types of data. First, we ask residents how satisfied they are with services. As a follow-up question, we ask which of these services are the most important for city leaders to emphasize. So the idea behind this is those areas that have that combination of lower satisfaction, but at the same time are the most important should be the highest priorities. This first table is for major categories of city services. And there's two areas that really send out as highest priorities, and that's traffic flow and city infrastructure. This doesn't mean that you should ignore the areas in green, but making improvements to the areas in red will impact the greatest number of residents. This is the important satisfaction rating for maintenance. Um, there are four areas in yellow. Um, yellow means those areas are a higher, higher priority than those in green, either because residents feel like those areas are more important or the satisfaction is more important. So the top priorities are just overall maintenance of streets, street lighting, biking paths and, and lanes, and then sidewalks. <coughs> For public safety, the top priority is efforts to prevent crime. Um, we saw that residents clearly feel safe in Auburn, and all areas of public safety receive very high satisfaction ratings. So this doesn't mean that there are concerns with efforts to prevent crime, um, but this is just an area that residents want to continue to see emphasized and continue to be um, a high priority in the coming years. And then for parks and recreation, um, there's four areas that stand out that have a combination of higher importance, but at the same time, ones that residents are a little less satisfied with. That includes walking trails, recreation centers, 
uh, fitness areas within recreation centers and then senior programs. For code enforcement, the highest priority is cleaning up overgrown and weedy lots. Uh, removing dilapidated structures is a high priority as well. Uh, but residents didn't rate that one quite as important as cleaning up um, overgrown and weedy lots. Then the areas in green are more of a medium level priority. So that's everything that I had. Just a quick recap. We saw that residents have a very positive perception of the city. Uh, there's a lot of examples of that throughout the report. Uh, overall, the satisfaction ratings are similar to your previous survey, uh, which is a great sign because the ratings were excellent in 2020 and most cities have seen decreases in satisfaction over the past few years. Uh, your ratings, once again, are much higher than most other cities. Um, in particular, overall quality of city services and customer ser service stand out. Um, but there obviously were many, many areas where your ratings are significantly higher than other cities. And then top overall priorities are traffic flow and maintenance of city infrastructure. So that's everything that I had. Um, Obviously, the results are extremely positive once again, um, which is no surprise because they've consistently been uh, among the highest in the nation every time we've conducted a survey, going all the way back now to 2016, um, so we're 15 years now. So with that, does anyone have any questions or comments? Sure, Jason. Thank you for your time with us this afternoon. Sorry you're not here with us in person, but we'll catch you next time. Yeah. Uh, has your go. company, has ETC sure. been able to measure um, the impact of the COVID um, world we've lived in the last couple of years and how that's impacted municipalities and certainly has impacted surveys and citizens' responses. Yeah, I mean, we just across the board, overall, we've definitely seen a decrease in satisfaction, um, just generally um, uh, compared to where we were a couple of years ago. Um, some services are hit particularly hard, like anything related to indoor programming, things that were really impacted by COVID. Um, but really, just general overall satisfaction rates are definitely lower now than were um, pre-COVID, um, which is one of the reasons, which I, I know I mentioned several times, but one of the reasons why it's so impressive that overall your satisfaction ratings are pretty similar to where they were a couple of years ago. Jason, also, now that we know that Auburn grew 40% over the last 10 years, and we believe we're continuing to grow at a pretty good clip, how does how does a community that is experiencing this type of growth and measuring um, with this kind of response from its citizen, do you see any correlation with that? Well, one of your lower rated areas is traffic flow. Um, but that's very, very common for fast growing cities. So, so no surprise in that at all. Um, I don't think that we have particular questions about planning. We did have some questions about planning for growth. Um, I think those ratings were similar, maybe a little bit lower than previous years um, and not as high as some of the, the other areas we surveyed, but that's also typical for fast growing cities. Um, so some of the categories like that, it's, it's, you know, they're a little bit lower. Um, anything related to roads is also a tricky one for a fast growing city. So also not a surprise that those were some of your lowest rated areas as well. Um, but even though I say there's some of your lowest rated areas, they're still at or above the national average when it comes to streets and traffic flow. And Jason's also being kind. Remember, you'll have 373 raw comments at the end of the survey, and that will tell you a lot about what people are saying. A lot of those that are 
um, not as positive are centered around growth and tall buildings, uh, which is very similar to what we saw two years ago. Mm -hmm. And Jason, I know that's not statistically a, an, an issue, but I want to be very clear that we publish the comments as, as they come in, period, and they're, they're all in there. So you'll see that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Com comments always um, tend to skew more negative. Um, that's typical no matter what. But but yeah, there yeah there were a lot of comments uh, about a, about a lot of things. I think there's about fifty or sixty pages of comments. So there's there's a lot of them. Thank you. Any other questions from the council? Comments? Yeah, sure. If you would please, uh, could you show the chart of the respondents again? The map that shows the. Uh, um, it's right at the very beginning. I think it's one or two charts in. Yeah, sure. Yep, that was yeah, that was one of the first ones. Sorry, I'm going way back. Okay, that's yeah. it. Okay. All right. It, it seems like the the area of the most significant growth in Auburn is significantly underrepresented in their um, respondents. Uh, that being that northern portion of the city, and yet the generalizations about overall satisfaction had everything marked as, is in blue. I don't know how quite how you correlate that, how you find just one respondent above Nora 280, and then you characterize the entire region as, as uh, dark blue. I, I just wanted to see this again, though. Um, yeah. We'll take a look at well, the, the final report when it comes in. I just appreciate it. I wanted to see that for, for just a second. Thank you. Yeah, sure. And these dots, we, we geocoded these to the block level, which, which is close, you know, it's close, but it's not the absolute exact address. You know, that information is confidential. So it might not be perfect, but it's it's close. Um, and if there are areas that where we didn't have any respondents, then we just merged them with the nearby census block group. Okay, thank you. Sure. Yeah, Ms. Witten. Hi, Jason. Thank you for your time. Um, the national average, are those um, comparable to Auburn in size and um, type of a city, or is it just any city that you've done a survey through throughout the U.S.? Could be a much larger community or a much smaller community. That national average is cities of all different sizes all over the country. Um, we can drill down deeper and compare your results with more similar similar size cities or more on a regional basis. Um, but that national average is just based on cities of all types all across the country. ETC is actually uh, expanded in Alabama a good bit, and I've spoken at a number of conferences this year about our citizen survey. There's been a lot of interest, and so we're getting a lot more um, customers in Alabama, which is good to benchmark. Mountain Brook followed suit not long after we did, um, and I'll think of some others Jason may know off the top of his head, but if the council's interested in that, uh, ETC has many, many options and things we don't, I think that we don't utilize. The importance of this is we're going to be rolling into the budget period very soon next month, as a matter of fact, and this is just one of the many tools we use um, and I will be using to propose a budget to you that is aligning with what, these are, these are citizens we sometimes don't hear from, that's one of our goals is, is to this is random on purpose to also get feedback from people we're not normally hearing from and is what we see out in the field or people we are hearing from, is, are these objectives aligning? This isn't the only thing we use, it's just 
one tool, but if you want further drill down information or comparison to other Alabama cities or those in the southeast, we can do that as well, or college towns or whichever. We're happy to, to further that with Jason. Well, I mean, from my perspective, it would be important because a lot of those dissatisfactions or the the decrease um, or are the gap between the national average and us, if you're including much larger communities, of course they're going to have um, a lower satisfaction than, than we are just because based on the nature of their um, size. But at some point, it might, maybe for the next one, it might be um, curious to see how we how we compare to same size, maybe in the southeast, and maybe college communities as well. Yeah, we, we certainly can do all of that. Um, we did a survey for the city of Gainesville last year. Um, they asked for a lot of that information, comparisons to college towns, uh, cities in the southeast. Um, we do it for other cities as well, but that's just one of the recent examples I can think of. Um, and we have conducted more cities recently in cities in Alabama. Um, Mountain Brook's certainly one of them. Also, Vestavia Hills, uh, Trustville, Enterprise. Um, we just did one for Jefferson County. Um, so, yeah, we have started to conduct more and more surveys throughout uh, communities throughout Alabama. Any other questions or comments from the council? Okay. Thank you, Jason. We appreciate your time. That's great. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, we'll move ahead with the Green Space Advisory Board. Mayor Pro Tem Witten. Yes, sir. We have one vacancy. An expired term begins immediately and ends August 7, 2023. The incumbent, Marley Halter, resigned. Um, we thank them for their service. And I would like to nominate William Brantley. Second. Have a motion and a second for William Brantley. Are there any other nominations? All right. Any discussion about Mr. Brantley? Any comments? All right. Here, none. All in favor, please say aye. 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 Any opposed? And we'll confirm Mr. Brantley later on in the agenda. Questions on tonight's agenda for the city manager? Questions? I have a question. It's not really on the agenda, but uh, who controls the light at Webster Wire? Is that a university light? Yes, sir, it is. city added a turn lane there coming into town on Wire Road. Could you could we reach out to the university and see maybe if they would add an arrow for us? We'll be happy to reach out to them again about it. It's my understanding from the city engineer that previously we had requested an arrow there, and we'll be happy to communicate that again. Thank you, ma'am. Absolutely. Council, there is one. It's it's not a major issue, but item 85, which is the D&J Enterprises contract for New Connector Road, Wilbeekner Parkway. There's just an inadvertent professional services agreement in there um, that, that should not have been in there. It's an actual contract, but what everybody else is seeing, that, that language has been removed. So I'll explain that when we get in the agenda item. It's just a word of contract, not a professional services agreement. Yeah. All right. Okay, anything else for the city manager? If not, is there a motion to adjourn? So moved. All right, we are adjourned. It is right past six o'clock, so we'll go ahead and get started. We'll open tonight's city council meeting. Lindsay with the roll call. Dawson. Here. Dixon. Here. Griswold. Here. Hovey. Here. Parsons. Here. Smith. Present. Taylor. Here. Witten. Here. Anders. Here. Would you please rise for the Pledge of Allegiance and then remain standing for a moment of silence. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America 
and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Please be seated. Okay, we'll begin our mayor communications, council communications. It's the first meeting of the month of May. So we'll begin with our recognition of our employee of the month and our service awards. Tonight, we're proud to introduce you to our May employee of the month, as well as other outstanding employees here at the city of Auburn and their service awards. Today we're proud to introduce you to our May Auburn City Employee of the Month. I have a memorandum here that was written by Amy Whitman, Utility Billing Office Manager, to Megan McGowan-Crouch, the Auburn City Manager. I am pleased to nominate Sandra Robinson as the Employee of the Month for May of 2022. Sandra began working for the City of Auburn through an employment agency in 1998. In February of 99, Sandra was hired as a customer service representative in the Utility Billing Office. Soon after she was hired as a CSR, Sandra was promoted to Utility Data Coordinator Assistant, later named Utility Account Specialist. Her primary duties were to supply a complete list of addresses and meter information to meter technicians, then analyze the information for unusual water usages prior to billing. Since 1999, the city has implemented three software programs and performed two major citywide meter changeouts in which Sandra has willingly and effectively participated. Although the UBO service area has grown by more than 75% since Sandra started, there have been only two utility account specialists to complete the daily work. This is the result of improvements in technology and Sandra's steadfast and dependable work ethic. Most recently, when other utility account specialists were on leave for an extended period, Sandra performed the work of both positions and worked diligently to ensure that the meter readings were accurately recorded and the usage properly billed. Sandra kept a positive attitude and never once complained about the additional work. It is because of Sandra's continued hard work, her positive demeanor, her dependability and dedication to safeguarding the integrity and accuracy of water usage data that I nominate her as the Employee of the Month. Congratulations, we're proud of you.
One of the greatest resources in our community is our student body and the city of Auburn has been proud for a number of years to include a report from our students at our city council meeting uh, twice a month. And so today we have a resolution that we'd like to honor and thank Anna for her great job as she has come and given us the report from the Student Government Association, but most importantly from all of our students here at Auburn. You've had a great year and we appreciate your commitment to us. And I do have a resolution I'd like to read that whereas the city of Auburn and Auburn University have enjoyed a long-standing partnership for more than a century and a half, mutually benefiting from one another's successes. And whereas the Auburn University Student Government Association has appointed a director of city relations as part of its cabinet to serve as a liaison between Auburn University and the city of Auburn. And whereas Anna Coker has done an outstanding job during her time as director of city relations, attending city council meetings, providing a point of contact for joint events between the city and the student body, and serving as the voice of the Auburn University student body in the Auburn city government. Now therefore be it resolved by the city, uh, the city council of the city of Auburn, Alabama, that the city council expresses its sincere appreciation to Anna for her dedicated service. Be it further resolved that a copy of this resolution be spread upon the minutes of this meeting and presented to Anna as a keepsake. Adopted and approved by the City Council of the City of Auburn, Alabama, this third day of May, 2022. Thank you, Anna. We appreciate you. Thank you to all of our great employees. I just continue to be amazed at all of your great work. I wanna particularly say tonight, congratulations, Eric, for making it 25 years. And you've got something on the agenda tonight that we'll continue to say thank you for the great work as you lead our water resource management department and certainly to James and Vanessa, we wish them the best uh, in retirement. Uh, during our Committee of the Whole tonight, we had a, a report on the citizen survey that will become available to our citizens in our community very soon. This week, yes. This week and uh, encourage all of our citizens to go and spend the time going through that report um, and certainly offering your thoughts and comments to the city council. And then during the, uh, and then we also had an appointment to the Green Space Advisory Board. The City Council appointed Mr. William Brantley. We appreciate his willingness to serve our community and thank Ms. Uh, Marley Halter for their service. Under uh, Mayor's announcements tonight, I do have a number of things um, that I've been involved with here recently and please be patient with me as I walk through these. Um, had an opportunity to speak at the Qantas Club of Auburn Yesterday, I appreciate their invitation to speak to them, continue to be thankful for what they do to serve our community. This past Sunday, I attended the Auburn uh, Student Memorial Service. It's the first time I've attended this event. Uh, what a very solemn, somber, but encouraging moment as we recognize the, the seven individuals who lost their life as students here at Auburn University this past year. They're very well done and put together. I was very proud of my alma mater and the university that, uh, that occupies the same community that we do. They did a great job um, being respectful to these young people who are no longer with us and their families. Um, it was a wonderful service. City Fest was this past Saturday. Boy, there was a lot of people out there. We got a beautiful day of weather. Um, I want to thank every city department and employee that put time into making City Fest such a special event for so many people, not only from Auburn, but from other communities as well. Certainly all the volunteers that gave up their Saturday to come out there and be a part of that. All the vendors who signed up to come and participate and hope they all made some money and appreciate all the entertainers that came and, uh, and the musicians that came and made City Fest a special event for our community. Certainly very thankful for that. 
uh, joined uh, some of our students and uh, members of our uh, staff over at Wrightsmore Road School this past week as we recognize the outstanding tree in Auburn and they've got a beautiful Japanese maple in their courtyard and um, it was a fun time to be with some of our special children here in this community and appreciate the way that they love uh, nature and love that tree and uh, it was a great opportunity to be over at Wrightsmore Road. Um, this month is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. I signed a proclamation um, with a number of people from our community, certainly mindful for all of us is um, that this goes on. Uh, it's important for us to be aware of. It's important for us to encourage um, the right kind of conduct and activity that makes this to hopefully eliminates this in our future. Uh, appreciate uh, Principal Matt Bruner for inviting me over to the Auburn Early Education Center um, a couple of Fridays ago. Matt does a wonderful job. What a great enthusiastic ambassador he is for our children and our uh, school system here at Auburn. Um, what a lot of fun that they have uh, once a month on Friday mornings as they have their own pet rally and, and go through some civics lessons. And I got to answer some questions from some kindergartners through second grade, and that was a lot of fun too. Um, kids are always real raw and honest with you, but I appreciate the opportunity to be over there with them. Um, what a great hope for our future to see those special children. Uh, this past Friday over at the Jewel Collins Smith um, Museum, um, there was a guitar show, and uh, Professor Rich Britnell, who's been in Auburn for a long, long time, uh, is an industrial design teacher, and one of his class projects is the students build guitars. And uh, I, I just can't get my head around how creative and smart these young people are uh, when they sit there with a piece of wood or something, and they're going to create a musical instrument. It's it's unbelievable to me what they do. I believe that's still going to be at Jules, Jewel Collins Smith for the time being. I encourage you to go by there and take your family or go by. If you just want to be fascinated and impressed by the kind of young people that are going to college here, it's very interesting to kind of think about what were they thinking when they made this and how did they think this up. It's really very interesting and cool. Uh, joined the one of the developers and toured the Publix facility uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, continue to be excited about having that grocery store in downtown Auburn and what it'll provide for our citizens and our employees that are in and around downtown Auburn. I believe it'll be a great asset. Uh, attended the graduation for the Lee County Young Leaders. I want to thank the city and the chamber for their involvement. This is a program of uh, selected high school seniors uh, in Lee County and they spend uh, one day a month going around to different um, institutions within our county to learn about how the world works and I appreciate all of those young people's willingness uh, a lot of people get senioritis and they don't want to do extra things but those kids have dug in and wanted to learn more about the communities that they've grown up in for many of them and reside in and maybe some of them continue to live life and go to college in but very encouraged by them they had a nice graduation ceremony uh, recently that I was able to attend thankful for the invitation Sheriff Jay Jones spoke to them delivered a great message um, also this past week the Travis Rayburn golf uh, Travis Rayburn Foundation had a golf tournament um, this golf tournament uh, pours over $100,000 into nonprofits in our community. Um, Travis Rayburn is somebody who left us too soon at 41 years old. Um, he was an aspiring businessman here in this town and a personal friend of mine and my family and my brothers. Um, and this foundation and this golf tournament is in his honor. And it was another great golf tournament that benefits many of the nonprofits that so many of us care about. Relay for Life was this past weekend. They had uh, a march in Opelika. Uh, I was able to participate through signing a proclamation uh, with many of their leaders. Um, cancer still takes too many of us away, uh, including Travis Rayburn. Um, 
and so it's still worth fighting against. And I appreciate the efforts for Relay of the Life. Ms. Patsy <coughs> Jones, who is a wonderful, wonderful civic leader, has been a great member of Lee County, uh, served on the city council and the city of Opelika for a long, long time, um, has really put a lot of energy into that. And I appreciate Patsy and her sweetheart and her efforts to bring awareness to cancer. Bow Bikes Bama was in Auburn a couple of Saturdays ago. There was thousands of people riding bikes. Um, I was blessed to be a part of a, a, an exercise with an old friend, Gary Godfrey, who was playing basketball at the same time I was at Auburn and is suffering from Lou Gehrig's disease in the College of Engineering. If Once again, if you want to think about the smart young people that go to college at Auburn, they built a bicycle for Gary and myself and Coach Harson and our future president uh, of Auburn University were able to give Gary a short ride uh, through campus to allow him the same experience um, at his stage with his uh, – disease and I just appreciate being involved and thank the College of Engineering for allowing their students to make this bike. It's really, really incredible. Alpha Delta Kappa is a, uh, is a group of retired teachers and they had their statewide conference in Auburn a couple weeks ago. They invited me to come give them a welcome. What a special group of people who have dedicated their life to our children and now they still find ways to get together and try to support education around the state of Alabama and certainly appreciate them spending a couple of days with us in Auburn. Mercy Medical had their annual event recently. My friend David Housel gave a poignant message um, to be mindful about those people who still need a little extra help to get their medical expenses covered. Mercy Medical has been a great nonprofit in our community for a long time. I want to thank Anna and the Chamber for hosting the Industry Appreciation event recently. Um, a great night over at the Alpha Pavilion on campus with good music and good fun. As we said, thank you to those uh, companies that employ thousands of people here in our community and are investing back into our community, into our youth, into our college kids to show them a pathway forward for them uh, in their future. But thank you, Anna. It was a great party that night. Um, and the district attorney, Jessica Ventier, had a crime victims vigil last week and um, proud to be a part of that with so many members of our um, police force um, in Opelika at First Baptist Church and thankful. Um, we, can always, we always need to remember those who have suffered a violent death in our community. Also this week is Teacher Appreciation Week, so getting back to teachers, I hope all of us, if we have children in the school system or no teachers that live around the block from us, We'll tell them thank you. And next week is Nurses Appreciation Week, and I'll be going to a ceremony out at East Alabama Health on Tuesday morning and being a part of an encouragement for those teachers. Also, this Thursday is the National Day of Prayer. I'll participate in an activity with Mayor Gary Fuller over at the county courthouse. Looking forward to doing that. And then also Thursday afternoon, RAPA, which is one of our great industries here in town, celebrates their 10-year birthday, and uh, we look forward to being a part of their celebration. Storybook Farms Derby is this weekend, another great nonprofit that provides um, an unusual benefit to families that have young people with special needs, and um, what a great event that is to be a part of the Derby. And then the Battle of the Badges, and last year the fire, fire team got the best of the police team, but that is coming up next week at Lee Scott to benefits Autism Speaks and Camp Conquest, which is for pediatric burn victims. So, Paul, I appreciate your staff and their willingness to have a little fun and to raise money for a good cause and to be a little competitive with one another. I'm sure that's not hard for those people to be competitive, but uh, it's a free event. I encourage people to go out there and, and participate and, and watch our finest who take care of us have a little fun uh, and compete for a good cause. I know that's a lot. I appreciate everybody's diligence and willingness to listen to me. Does you anybody forgot, else? Something? You forgot something. I forgot something. I'm sorry. I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Don't you have a breakfast coming up?
Yeah, but I was going to say it at the next one, but thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah, the Mayor's Memorial Day Breakfast is back, and uh, we're glad it's back. It's been on ice for the last couple of years for obvious reasons, but that is on Memorial Day, and um, what a beautiful way to, to remember those who have uh, given their ultimate in memory and, and way of protecting us and providing us freedom. And um, we'll have a speaker this year, Dr. James Whitty. And uh, it's a well-done breakfast. I've always enjoyed being there, but it'll be on Memorial Day morning. If you're interested in buying tickets, Megan, you need to call who? You can just call City, City Hall. Call City we'll... Hall, and we'll get that. And I know Ron on the lawn happened, but I know our SGA's here, and I figured they would say something, but I appreciate Ron on effort. the lawn or Ron on the con? Well, it was yeah. the event was fun, and we had a great time on the concourse, and y'all did a great job, and it was very worthwhile to be able to spend time with our students. All right, all of y'all, I'm through now. Anybody else got anything they'd like to say? It's the springtime. Auburn's an active place. I, I, speaking of graduations, um, I just wanted to announce that um, for the last year, I have a program of uh, young males and females and they're scouts, and the females are called YFABs, and that means Young Female Achiever Believer Scouts. And our males are called MATCH, and that means Males Aiming to Change History. And this past Sunday, they had their graduation, and it was held at the Borkin Community Center, and it was an awesome event. And I just want to thank every, everybody that uh, participated or contributed to the event. And I want to thank the staff again at Borkin for uh, helping us out and uh, allowing us to have the event there. And it, and those kids run from the ages of five to the oldest one we have now is 15. We only have one 15-year-old. But one, we, we gave them completion award. They completed level one. And um, so now they're in their level two stage. But during our, um, and I just wanted to say this, because during our awards that we gave out, not the completion awards, but we gave awards. And one, and we put them all in different categories as we learned these kids for the last year. And one of our categories, and, and I think a lot of the parents was, was tickled to death because some of the kids, we couldn't think of anything, so we gave them an award for being busybodies. So we gave away five awards to our most busybodies, and that was most of the younger kids. So uh, I just want to thank you again um, Ashley, and, and I see Al is not here tonight, but thank you for opening up the Borkin for that event. Thank you, Connie. Anyone else? Okay, we'll move ahead. Speaking of, Auburn University Communications. Hello, hello. Happy Tuesday. Uh, obviously, the first thing I'm going to talk about is Run on the Lawn. It was a very successful event. I think we uh, we gave out Tumors Lemonade to the students on the concourse. We did have a little strip of turf, so there was a lawn on the con. Um, yeah, we did make that happen, but uh, we think we ran out of cups three or four times. We had people there the entire um, for the entire duration of the event. So we just want to thank you, Mary Anders, for um, coming out and spending your time with students and kind of giving them that opportunity to talk about. Um, things that matter to them, so we, we do appreciate that. Um, the biggest thing happening on Auburn this week, on Auburn's campus this week, is finals. Um, so, you know, be thinking of us, because we're going through a lot right now. <laughs> uh, SGA is continuing with its um, up-all-night event that we do for finals week every semester, where we go to the library and distribute donuts and orange juice to students studying at the library at midnight every night. Um, so just in that spirit, if you know a college student, send them a text, wish them luck, you know, maybe 
bring them some orange juice and donuts during the day and not just at midnight. Uh, following finals week, uh, we've got commencement ceremonies happening this weekend, May 6th through 9th, uh, with a keynote address by Dave Clark. He's an Auburn alumnus and CEO of Worldwide Consumer at Amazon. Um, so I just say that to say expect Auburn to be very crowded this weekend. Um, on Thursday, May 12th, there will be a reception honoring Jay and Susie Gouge at 4 p.m. in the hotel at, um, at Auburn University and Dixon Conference Center. Um, it's just honoring their contributions to Auburn and the, you know, kind of legacy of leadership that they've left so far. And so we encourage the whole Auburn family to come out and, and celebrate that. Um, and then you stole my last announcement. I was going to talk about Gary Godfrey uh, and that how monumental that was for him to participate in Bo Bikes Bama and just how much that speaks to our engineering students <coughs> and the things that they're accomplishing. Uh, one of the features that the bike had was it actually monitored his vital signs as it was going. And so we're just so proud of the things that they've been able to accomplish and, you know, so excited about what those students are going to continue to do in their futures. So that's all from me. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you. Okay, this time is Citizens' uh, Communications on up for items on tonight's agenda. If you'd like to speak to the council about anything that's on our agenda tonight, we'd ask that you please come forward and give us your name and address for the record. Okay. We'll move forward. City Manager's Communications. Our, I don't have any other communications, so our first item of business is the consent agenda. Does any council member wish to remove an item from the consent agenda and deal with that item individually? Yes, ma'am, I do. Sir. E5, please. E585. Anyone else? Okay, that's it. All right. All right. 8E5. Eight e Item 8E5 authorizes a contract with DJ Enterprises for the construction of Will Beekner Parkway, also known as the Richland Connector Road, in the amount of six million six hundred ninety-three thousand thirty-six dollars and forty-five cents. Move for approval. Second. All right, I have a motion and a second. Chief Dawson. Megan, how many uh, red lights will be involved in this street? So several months ago, you approved some agreements with ALDOT that involved, we're actually going to have two along Highway 14, Martin Luther King Drive. Um, one will be actually at Will Beekner Parkway and Martin Luther King Drive, and the other will be at Webster and Martin Luther King Drive because these two um, intersections will have to work together. We could not align them due um, due to some property acquisition challenges. So you will have two signals working in tandem together that will not only improve everybody's access to Highway 14, but will we've had a lot of issues at Webster and, and Highway 14 slash Martin Luther King Drive, and we're looking forward um, to having that signal there as well. Right, it should help traffic Willow Creek also, I would think. Absolutely, it will provide some breaks in traffic um, that, that should help their ability to get out. And once Will Beekner Parkway is improved, there are also other ways to get through adjacent neighborhoods and out to Will Beekner Parkway as well um, that will provide them traffic signal direct access. Thank you. You're welcome. One other thing of note is it is a miracle, but this is came in in the bid under budget. And in this climate, I'm very proud to say we got excellent bids on this. And this is the first time I've been able to say this to you, I think, in my tenure as manager. So. Megan, do you have an approximate start time and finish time? Approximate? You should ask. I asked the city engineer that, that very same question this afternoon. Ms. Frazier? We currently don't have an estimated start time. It typically takes about a month after city council action to get contracts signed pre-construction meeting scheduled, but we hope work starts within about a month. Okay, good. 
I also think it's important to note that unlike a lot of projects that we're doing, and this is not like Opelika Road, this is a brand new road through um, property that is not being utilized for anything else. So the ability of the contractor to not disturb the public that's traversing the area and to get the road built is tremendous. So the last time we did something like this was North Dean Road, we did Sanford Avenue, and we'd also done um, West Veterans Boulevard. And we can build roads a lot faster when we're not having to control traffic while we build them. How long do you expect it to take? I asked the city engineer that question also this afternoon. <laughs> Allison? It's a 270 calendar day project, which is about nine months. So provided weather holes and we don't have any material issues, hopefully we should finish in nine months Thank or you. less. Okay. And I think that's engineer speak, so the city manager says 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> Reason is the uh, the rain days in English means as we discussed with Opelika Road, they do get additional days for rain and and you never know what Mother Nature is going to do. So, um, but I do know the contractor is very committed to delivering this project as as soon as possible. We have an adjacent development that's underway also, and this will mean much to the folks out on the Richland Road area. So we're looking forward to finishing this project. Any other comments or questions yes, regarding I this? Have a question. Yes. Um, Megan, what's what's the uh, past performance record for D and J? Have they been on track, on contract, on time, on budget? I would say that you know D and J has long done work for the city, and all contractors that are doing work, whether it's building construction, road construction, or otherwise, especially right now with labor shortages and material shortages can be challenged with certain things, but uh, what I do know is they're always committed to delivering an excellent project, and they do, so. Okay, and is past performance one of your criteria when evaluating a bid? We follow state law directly, and there are many criteria. I think we had talked about this a couple meetings ago that we're happy to sit down and, and meet with the council and educate you on what bid law means, but there there's a lot of things. You can't eliminate a contractor who is bid and meets the criteria because you're unhappy with previous work. Um, there's a lot of very specific legal stipulations. So we'll be happy to meet with you individually or as a group another time and go over all those okay. parameters. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Any other comments or questions? Okay. All in favor, please say aye. 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 Any opposed? And that motion carries. Do I have a move to approve the balance of the consent agenda? So moved. So moved. All right, I have a motion to second. Any comments or questions regarding that? All in favor, please say aye. 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 Any opposed? And the consent agenda is approved. Ordinances. All right, under ordinances, item 9A, oh, sorry, yes, item 9A extends and combines the current school zones along North College Street in the vicinity of Pick Elementary, St. Michael Catholic School, which is new, and Cary Woods Elementary. In essence, this will make a school zone during certain hours of the day from nearly to Shugdurden Parkway to Drake. I'll introduce the ordinance and ask for unanimous consent. Second. I have a motion and second. Seeing one of the council have a problem moving forward with the vote on this this evening. Seeing or hearing none of any comments or questions from the council. Okay, Lindsay, with the roll call. Yes, ma'am. Dixon? Yes. Ridgewell? Yes, ma'am. Ovi? Yes, ma'am. Parsons? Yes. Smith? Yes, ma'am. Taylor? Yes. Whitney? Yes. Yes. That's all the ordinances we have this evening under resolutions. Item 10A1 is a request from, sorry, just 10A. I don't know why I keep sticking a one in there. Item 10A is a request from Selby Enterprises LLC to vacate an unneeded drainage and utility easement located at 1410 Reynolds Drive. This item was postponed from the April 19th meeting and a public hearing is required. Move for approval. Second. 
have a motion to second. This time we'll open the public hearing. If you'd like to address the city council, please come forward and give us your name and address for the record. Seeing no one, we'll close the public hearing. Any comments or questions from the council? Okay. All in favor, please say aye. 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 Any opposed? The motion carries. All right, just follow me on this one because this is this is we're going into a resolution of permanent operations, so it acts like an ordinance, but it's a resolution. So item 10B authorizes a commercial development agreement with 129 North College Fund LLC for the retail portion, also known as Target, of the 129 North College Street project. Unanimous consent is necessary and a public hearing is required. But we still need a motion in a second. You're going to introduce a resolution and ask for unanimous consent. I'll introduce the resolution and ask for unanimous consent. Second. All right. We have a motion in a second on that. It's now the time to open the public hearing. Yes. All right. At this time, we'll open the public hearing. If you'd like to address the city council, please come forward and give us your name and address for the record. You know, one will close the public hearing. Any questions from the council? I just got a question. Okay, you said, it, so is, this is going to be a Publix at 129? No, ma'am, and it's going to be, at this time, a Target. A Target. That was me. I don't know why I had Publix on my mind. Um, a Target. So where, where is this? North College. This is in the spot. It is just to the south of the Wright Street parking deck. It is where um, it, it was once Coyotes and the University Inn Hotel, and they've been torn down um, since the construction of our parking deck. Construction was staged there. Um, and it abuts what's known as, um, you know, you have um, Charming Oak there now, but it was the Gap slash Five Guys building um, oh, okay. on the other okay. side. Because rumors had it, it was going to be somewhere else. That's why I was a little confused. Okay. Any other comments or questions? Yes. Yes, go ahead. Uh, it says going to be 32 housing units as part of the complex. That's what type correct. of housing units will they be? They are a apartment-style unit, but they have to be market-rate housing. Market-rate apartments? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. And I, I note... Um, the, the investors are here, as they always are, and I would also like to note that there's a lot of renderings in your packet, and they worked handily with the Downtown Design Review Committee. This building is is not as tall as it could be. It's in the 55-foot range. Then um, it steps back, and they put much architecture on it, working with the Downtown Design Review Committee, and um, it will complement the parking deck nicely. The other thing I'd like to state is while anybody in the – adjacent project is welcome to use the Wright Street parking deck. There is no agreement otherwise. Uh, all downtown merchants have the ability to validate parking um, in their own ways they do it or work through the city to do that and the same opportunity to be afforded to this retailer, but it's no different than anything else downtown. I'm just um, excited that we're going to have a Target and we can now shop in Auburn if we want to shop at Target. And I commend um, the developers for your um, due diligence and your, um, I guess, steadfastness in making sure that that, that parcel is developed in a manner that's um, in keeping with the growth of our community and bringing something that is needed to the downtown area. So thank you for that. Earlier tonight, we approved an easement that's going to provide a lighted sidewalk that will lead from the 
Absolutely, and the developers are, are funding that. It goes between the Wright Street parking deck and this project. Um, it meets ADA requirements, and the reason we did not do that at the time of the Wright Street parking deck project is this property wasn't developed and development plans were not finalized. And so they're doing that, and we're also getting a bigger kind of public plaza area between the two buildings, and those reciprocal easements allow windows on the north side of the building, which is a big deal at the, at the ground level so you don't have blank walls. Thank you, Megan, for jumping on that. And I, as Beth said, I appreciate the investment in Auburn. Thank you to the developers. All right, any other comments or questions? All right, so Megan, is this a voice vote or is this a roll call? Just do a roll call. As long as you have no objections, you're good. Okay, all right. All right, Lindsay? Dawson? Yes, ma'am. Dixon? Yes. Griswold? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Taylor? Yes. 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 Hey, Mayor, those are all the items of business we have for you this evening. Okay. This time is opportunity for the citizens to address the City Council. We'd ask that you come forward and give us your name and address for the record. You would have three minutes to speak to the Council. Please make your comments uh, for the Councils and not towards any individuals. Thank you. Good evening. Um, it's a great, beautiful day today and glad to see the Council and uh, the Mayor. Uh, t my name is Robert Wilkins, 261 Ditson Drive, Auburn, Alabama. Um, I wanted to talk about entrapment, entrapment by a city of 150 Auburn families, ordinance 3288, short-term rentals. Um, the, my main concern was that the first meeting of the short-term rental back in 2018, the only thing that was really discussed was proper tax revenue uh, for the short term and I, I kind of quit going to those meetings but after that there was a puppet task force that was developed um, three city employees two councilmans the mayor two developers and an AU professor not a single person would be affected by the ordinance was on the task force I have no idea why y'all did that okay the task force should have been added maybe five or seven citizens that were affected so you would have some real input I listened to the um, task force online um, there was no substance to it because you didn't really discuss anything because you didn't have anyone there that was being affected um, both task force meeting had no substance understandably that's why there was no recommendations there should have been some recommendations I've never heard of a task force not having recommendations city purchased a software to monitor and entrap 151 families how was the entrapment accomplished? By making bogus reservations, copying the reservations for proof to the municipal judge. Entrapment is not illegal, but I feel it's unethical and a terrible way to go after hardworking, taxpaying, and abiding citizens. This software was bought before the ordinance 3288 was passed. Can the city spy on the citizens? I felt like it was. February of last year, the ordinance 3288 short-term rental was a amended by the Councilman Whitten to let everyone be able to do short-term rentals, but with structure and some rules. It passed, but had to be re-advertised because of the change and re-voted on in March. But between February and March meeting, you, the mayor, uh, decided to make a second amendment to change it back to the original uh, ordinance, where 151 families would be discriminated against. And discrimination is defined as the unequal treatment of an individual or group on the basis of their status. 
Okay. Um, was the March changes to the Ordinance 3288 made for financial or political or just pressure from a few citizens or something else? I just don't know why. I feel in the heart that each one of you joined the council to, uh, to help the city and so forth. And I really believe you did. But I just want to say I ask you to go back and check your heart to see if you still feel that way. If you think the practice of entrapment, discrimination, taking away citizens' constitutional right makes you feel good at night. If it doesn't, you don't need to be on this council. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Wilkins. I appreciate you coming up here every, every single meeting. Who would be next? <clears throat> okay. So we move to adjourn? So moved. We're adjourned.